Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Presbyterian. I'm Pastor Ryan. Have you heard the saying that it's not what you know, but who you know that really matters? This saying is especially true when it comes to finding God. Today we will study the spirit of knowledge that comes with the advent of Christ at Christmas. Thanks for listening. Anyone here ever been to a foreign country? My first trip solo out of the country was to go to serve where I and my family would end up serving for the following 15 years in the Bahamas. I was 19 years old and I was traveling on my own. And when I flew into the airport after barely making my connections because some of the planes were running a little bit late, I landed in the capital city of the Bahamas called Nassau right as the plane to which I was supposed to be getting on was leaving. So here I was without a contact, without anyone, without knowing what to do, stranded alone in the airport at 19 years old. Well, the ministry that was expecting me to arrive realized that I hadn't come, and one of their connections had family over on the island of Nassau. So they called, they said, uh, we think you should probably drive to the airport. You're looking for kind of a tall, skinny American guy. Um, his name's Ryan. Uh, see what you can do to help him out. Now, I had no way of getting this message to me other than they called the airport. So here I am, just sitting with my guitar, I was a little scared. You know, I was pretty tough too, but you know, a little scared. And uh, up walks this giant Bahamian man. He said, are you Ryan? <laughs> yes, was the answer. What can I do for you? He said, uh, there's a man that's going to come pick you up. His name is Philip, and he's the brother of Patrick. Now, I knew that name. Finally, there was a name that connected with me. I knew Patrick. Patrick was a fellow that I had met earlier before, and uh, he worked with the ministry. Great fellow. Solid as a rock. Sold out to the Lord. And I knew, well, I could trust him. He's going to send someone to take care of me. So his brother, Philip, was going to arrive. Little did I know that he had another brother named Peter. Well, Philip shows up at the airport. Never met this man before. Picks me up, puts me in his car, drives me to his mom's house. And I get to meet his mom. Now, it's getting pretty late at night. It's close to 11 o'clock. And I get to meet her, and she is, she's kind of a new believer, but she's really excited to get the opportunity to uh, help somebody. And here's this brand new young missionary that doesn't know what he's doing, and she gets to help. So she puts out this uh, uh, couch. She, she, it's hot, it's summertime, so she, she doesn't have air conditioning. So she takes her fan and sets it there in the bed for me, a little cup of water, asks me if I need anything. Just the sweetest lady. Um, I'll never forget her. One of my first experiences serving in the Bahamas. So here I am settling in and I think, all right, so I should probably just read my Bible before I go to bed. And uh, she, she goes to bed. And then as it's getting quiet, as it's approaching midnight, I hear the door open. And it's the youngest brother. It's Peter. Now, Peter has not been told that there's this young white guy in his mom's house. <laughs> So I hear the door open, and I see him walk in, and he's not stumbling, but it looks like he's had kind of a long day. And so I get up, and I think, I should probably introduce myself. So I walk over to him, and I say, hi, I'm Ryan. And he freezes, and he looks at me like he's going to attack me or something. And the only thing that I could think of in that moment with my hand stretched out was, I know Patrick. <laughs> Peter slowly raised his hand after I said that I knew his brother and he shook my hand and I proceeded to explain to him, here's how I got into your mom's house and 
and and and and, and calm. You know, the the love, can, everything got kind of settled down a little bit. But um, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know? I'll tell you, folks, that was so true for me in that moment. Right? It didn't matter what I could tell them as to you know the things I knew about the Bible, about missions, about who I was. You know what mattered? It mattered who I knew. That's what mattered in that moment. You know, the same is true for us. The same is true for us in church. That Jesus, when he comes into this world, he brings knowledge of his heavenly father. I want want you to turn back with me to Isaiah, just real quick. Isaiah chapter 11. I want you to see where we've been in this uh, sermon series as we are preparing our hearts through Advent. To look at the ways in which God has been delivering to his children these attributes of the kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 11, we started out reading that the shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Remember, the, the humblest of them, the littlest of the brothers came. It was from King David that the line of Jesus comes. But David wasn't the, the biggest brother of Jesse. He was the smallest. And so when Jesus comes, he brings humility because he comes from a line of humility. Verse 2 says, The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. And you recall that we see with Jesus coming into the world that he brings the wisdom of God that looks so very different than what we would think. Remember, I would never have thought to have my one and only son born in a feeding trough. I would have never thought to do it that way. But that's what God does. And Jesus comes and with the wisdom of God, he says things that just change how people think. He'll say, love your enemies. Just crazy how he twists the way which we would think. That the wisdom of God breaks into our world with the coming of Jesus. Look at the next verse. Or the next line. Uh, the spirit of counsel and of power. You'll remember if you recall last week how we saw that Jesus brings true power into this world. Power not just to simply act different, but to be transformed from the inside out. Like when you take the lights and you plug them into the light socket and they change, they light up. Because true power is seen in the source. And Jesus is the source of that power. For today we're on the final line here. Uh, With the coming of Jesus. He will bring the spirit of knowledge. Into the fear of the Lord. And I want to submit something to you this morning. That Jesus really wouldn't make any difference in this world. He wouldn't make a load of beans in this world. If he did not show us the Father, if He did not bring the knowledge of God, the Heavenly Father, to us. He'd just be another teacher. He'd be another rabbi. He'd be another man on this earth. That Jesus' mission when He came to earth was to reveal God, to bring the knowledge of God to earth. We're going to be in John's Gospel in chapter 14. If you brought your Bible, I invite you to turn there with me. We're going to read through just a few passages as Jesus speaks to his disciples as he's preparing to leave. I've got three conclusions and then one application for us. And we're going to be short this morning because I know the kids downstairs are excited having their program. So if you're with me, turn to John chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 5. John records Thomas saying, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Now, I kind of started in the middle of the story here. So for my um, Wednesday night students, you might be saying, I didn't quite get all the context, so jump up to verse 1. Let's just get the whole thing. Chapter 14. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. 
In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. Everybody get the message? Jesus says what? To his disciples, I am going. And what do you think their spirit is like when they hear that they're, the guy they're following, their teacher is leaving, their hearts are, what's verse 1 say? Troubled. They're not, they're not cool with this. What do you mean you're leaving? You're going where? Verse 3, Jesus says, And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also will be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Now, Jesus had full confidence when he said this. He knew that through his ministry on earth, he had revealed, as Isaiah rightly said, the knowledge of God, the spirit of knowledge and of counsel came through Jesus so that when people look at Jesus, they see God. When you hear from Jesus, you hear from God. When you look at the works that Jesus did, you see the works that God would do. But like us, even the disciples were a little confused on this. So now we're in verse 5. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And following on the heels of this question, one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture, verse 6, Jesus answered, say it with me, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the way. I am the way. You know the way. I am the way. And I am the truth. And I am the life. Look, at, look how he continues though. Normally we kind of stop after that verse. But look what Jesus continues to say. If you really knew me, you would, what's your Bible say? Know the Father. Isn't that cool? If you really knew me, you would know the Father. That Jesus is worthy of all glory, all, re- all honor, all praise. Because he is God. Because when you look at Jesus, you see God. I want you to quickly turn in your Bibles. We're going to come back here, so keep your finger here. But turn to the book of Hebrews. The writer of the book of Hebrews is going to make an argument to the church that they need to pay attention to Jesus. There, there, there are a lot of things in this world for you guys to pay attention to. Right? You, you got uh, hobbies, you got hunting, you got fishing... You got a lot of other things to get involved. You got work, you got family. The writer of the book of Hebrews is going to recognize that there is a lot in this world, but there is one thing that stands above all of them the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1. Are you there with me? If you're still flipping, say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, here we go. Hebrews, uh, Helen, where's our page on it? 1862. All right. When Columbus sailed the ocean. Okay. Hebrews, just saying if you're paying attention, everybody paying attention. All right. Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. See, that, if you wanted to hear from God, if you wanted to see God, you had to go find a prophet. Uh, have you met God? I don't know. What's God like? You better go find a prophet, right? Because if you want to hear from God, that's where you need to go. And they, they give it to you kind of in a way that's true. But it's not the embodiment of God. It's still coming through this this man empowered by the Holy Spirit called the prophet. He says in many times and in various places. Verse 2. But in these last days. Can you imagine living back then? This would have been awesome. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. 
whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Verse 3 is the one I want you to pay attention to. Look at Jesus. The sun is the exact radiance of God's glory. You want to see what God's glory is like? Look at who? Say Jesus. Yeah. You want to see what God's radiance? Just look at Jesus. And the exact representation of his being. You want to see what the being of God looks like? Look at who? Look at Jesus. Come on, say it loud now. Look at who? That's right. Look at Jesus. He's sustaining all things by his powerful word, as we saw last week, right? The power of God comes through Jesus. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. If you want to see God, church, go back, flip back to John. If you, want to, if you want to see what the Heavenly Father looks like, you just got to look at Jesus. If you see Jesus, you will see the Father. So this is, what, this is what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples. He says, if you know me, then you know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Everybody with me back in John, verse 8? Philip is going to speak up now. Philip said... Lord, show us the Father. That's pretty awesome, right? I mean, that, that guy was serious. He, he was a little clueless, but he was serious, right? Jesus has been telling him, you've seen the Father. Philip still doesn't get it, but he's really zealous for God, right? He's got that hunger. He's got that desire. I just want to see God, even though he doesn't quite know how it looks. He's still learning. He's still growing. Give me an amen if some of us are there this morning. Anybody? Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still learning that. I'm still really seeing what God looks like. Show us the Father, he says, and that'll be enough. And Jesus answered in verse 9, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? I I want to read that again because that is pretty incredible, right? Don't you believe, Jesus says, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And then Jesus concludes with some of the works that God has been doing through him, like the power that we saw from last week, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Church, I want you to know that you don't have to look anywhere else in this world to see God. You just need to look at Jesus. Isaiah was right when he said that this one who is coming, the Messiah when he comes, will have the spirit of the knowledge of God. That Jesus' primary task in making purification for your sins, that your sins are no longer yours, was that he would show us the love of God. This is who God is. Look at Jesus. Now, where is Jesus today? I I can't do like the writer of Hebrews said. I I can't go to Nazareth. I can't go to Galilee. Where do we see Jesus today? Because I believe what the scripture says. I believe it when Jesus says that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And that we need to see the Father. That's the whole goal of all this. Is to find a way, find a path, right? What did he say? I am the way and the truth and the life. That's what we need to find. How do we get back to the Father? Jesus was telling his disciples the same message that I need to tell you today. He said, I'm leaving. I'm going away. I want you in your Bibles to jump down to verse 15 because he's going to give us the answer here for what do we do today. Verse 15. 
If you loved me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. How long? What's the Bible say? Forever. Yeah. So a couple of things that you need to see. If you read Greek this morning, another here is a really cool word that simply means another of the same kind. And the word counselor here is a word you might have heard in church from time to time. The word paraclete. Anyone ever hear that word before? It's the kind of person that you would call to come and to help as a guide, as someone that you lean on, that you rely on. Jesus says, I got to go. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. He's about to go to the cross to be the sacrifice for your sins and for, for mine. But afterwards... After he leaves and ascends back to the Father, he says to his disciples, guys, you don't need to worry. Because right now you look at me and you see God, but there will come another. I will ask God, and he will send you another of the same kind who will come and will reveal who God is to you. Verse 17 says, he is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. And neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You ready? Watch this. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I struggle sometimes at Christmas. I, I love, I mean, I like getting presents, but I really love giving presents too. Is anybody a giver here? You just really love to give them? Like that's so much more fun. I love to do that. And so I find that uh, the advertisements and the sales and all the deals, they kind of have a way of making me want to, I don't know, spend a lot of money at Christmas time. And, and, and the world will go about talking about Christmas in a way that has nothing to do with the true meaning of Christmas. They'll talk about the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of giving. And I get it, and that's, that's fine, and that's good. Do you know what the world does with that? The spirit of Christmas, the world wraps its arms around that. You will find people who have no desire in following Jesus Christ, fully embracing the spirit of Christmas. I want you to know, church, there is a different spirit not this, whatever the world wants to call the spirit of Christmas and giving. And can you see the conflict in my heart as I say this? Because I, I love it. I love giving gifts, right? It's great. It's wonderful. But it's not the message unless you connect it to the Father. That God, when he looks at you, loves you so much, he gives his son for you. And his son, after completing his work here on earth, returns back to the Father and asks God to give you another gift. The Bible here says it's the spirit of truth. Now how do you know the spirit? W what did the Bible say? Jesus says you will know him for he lives where? Yeah, he, He's not living down the road. Right? He doesn't live over in Channing. He's not in Iron Mountain. Right? He lives with you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the gift that you receive that's greater than anything you can find under a tree is the Holy Spirit to come and to live with you. Now, have you ever had someone come stay in your house? A lot of guests are coming over at Christmas time, right? Anybody have guests? Come on, no families coming up to visit? Okay, because what happens when family comes to town? What do we got to do? Yeah, we're cleaning. Yeah, that's right. 
I mean, everything from putting the, the fancy spray in the bathroom, too. Is anybody? <laughs> right? We're, we're trying to put our, our best foot forward here because family's coming to town. Now, when someone lives with you, it changes how you live, right? When, when you have somebody there that's not just used to your mess and just, ah, throw my clothes there, and, right? that you, you want it to look nice. Do you know what? That's what the Holy Spirit ought to do in your life. That when you receive the Holy Spirit, He comes and you understand, I just can't live the way I used to live. I just can't do the things I used to do. He has taken up residence in my heart. He now lives here in those, you know, the dark corners that you don't want no one ever to know about, no one to see, right? He comes with a spotlight. The Holy Spirit to be like, hey, what's over here? And you're like, no. Right? Well, Jesus says that He will come and He will live with you. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll live with you. There's another good preposition here as well. What does it say? Not only that you will know him for he lives with you. It says, and he will be in you. He will be in you. Paul will write to the church at Corinth because they're really confused about how to worship God. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff from having prostitution even in the church. And he says, you know, you probably shouldn't do that because if you unite yourself with a prostitute, you become one. But you're supposed to be one with God. God is the one that lives in you. He said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Lord? That's a really amazing thing to say. The temple. It's where God lives. He says, that's your body. God lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. All right, let's finish this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize. Now, verse 20, this is the one I want. I'm going to finish on this one. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. Church, God's not far from you this Christmas. And the, the world has its ways and... And we ought to be involved, right? The church ought to be involved in the world. But I want to challenge you to share the message of the good news. That's far more than one day out of the year that we can give to one another. It's far more than one moment where a spirit of giving shows up. Because you have the spirit of truth. A few conclusions on this as we close. First is this. To see Jesus is to see the Father. I got that from verse 9. Do you guys see that? Jesus is answering Philip. Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been along you for so long? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So to see Jesus is to see the Father. Number two is this. Jesus is the way to the Father. Did you catch that in verse 6? How do you get there? Show us the way. How do we get there? And Jesus says, I am the way. So if you want to be connected to the Father, you look to Jesus. And lastly and most importantly this morning... Knowing the Holy Spirit is how we know the Father today. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, that's another of the same kind, a paraclete, another helper, another counselor, to be with you how long? Say it good and loud, church. Be with you how long? Forever. Forever. You want to see the Father? You look at Jesus. And you could do that if you lived 2,000 years ago. But today, if you want to see the Father, you look to the Spirit of Jesus who has come to take up residence right in your heart, to live 
and to dwell and to be with you. The spirit of truth. Remember, it's not what you know. It's who you know that matters more than anything. The challenge I want to give you as you go throughout this week, and husbands and wives, you're to test one another on this, all right? Um, aunts and uncles, right? Anybody here, you, you have freedom to test each other. This is my challenge to you. There is a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus, all right? There's a difference. Let me say that again. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. If you've received the Holy Spirit, and even if you haven't, this is my challenge to you. Ready? Describe the gift. Can you describe the gift? Flip back a few pages in John's Gospel, John chapter 1. I want you to see as he began the story. John chapter 1. John says in... Chapter 1, verse 10, He was in the world, and and through the world was made through Him. Though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. Remember? The the world will carry on with presents and materialism, commercialism. They're good with that. But they're not going to recognize the Spirit. He came to that which was His own, but His own did not receive Him. Verse 12. You guys ready for this? Yet to all those who received Him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's awesome. See, I know God because I'm his child. It's like getting in the car um, without directions. If you were to say, hey, come on over for, for lunch today. But I have no idea where you live. It doesn't matter if I have the nicest car. It doesn't matter if I have a limousine. If I don't know where I'm going, I can't get there. It doesn't matter really what you know. What matters is who you know. And Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. And the promise that John tells us here is to all those who received him. Christmas time is a great opportunity where you're going to receive some presents. I brought along one. This isn't mine. This is my son's. This is called a Hulkbuster Lego. He's really into Legos, right? So I gave him this last year. Now suppose I were to ask him the question that I'm challenging you with today. Describe the gift, right? Right, Because that's what it says here. For all those who have received him. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Because you ought to be able to describe it. Micah received this uh, Hulkbuster. So I asked him last night. I said, buddy, could you, uh, could you describe this? And he says, well, well, it's, uh, it's Iron Man suit. And it's from the movie. I said, no. I said, describe it. And he took it out of my hands. And you know what he began to do? He began to tell me all the ways that he transformed it and worked with it. He said he's got a gun on here that shoots and he's got a sword and a blaster pack and he started to tell me all the ways in which my son had developed a relationship with this little toy. It wasn't just a toy on the shelf. He didn't just read the box. There's a difference, church, between knowing Jesus and just knowing about Jesus. There's a difference between just knowing about the Holy Spirit and knowing the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you, describe the gift. You know, Micah could have told me. uh, I looked this up online. It's 8.7 inches long, 10.3 inches wide, 12.8 ounces in weight, rated for children 7 to 14 years old. Right? Yeah, he's describing. You give me a lot of information about the toy. But you don't know the toy. You don't have a relationship with the toy. 
It hasn't integrated your life with the toy, right? So how would you answer the question? Tell me about the Holy Spirit. Tell me about the gift. Uh, that is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, <laughs> delivered at Pentecost. Yeah, that's great. You're giving me like the product information about the Holy Spirit. That's not what I want to know. You guys getting this? Describe the Holy Spirit because here's the reality with you. If you can't, if for you the Holy Spirit is just like the writing on the box on the shelf, then I'm afraid you might know a lot about the Holy Spirit, but you don't know the Holy Spirit. This Christmas would be a great time for you to receive it now as a gift, to be able to integrate it into your life. If you're still with me in John chapter 1, last verse, I promise, look what he says in verse 18. No one has ever seen God. You guys see that? No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, this is Jesus now, who is at the Father's side has made him known. Church, it doesn't matter what you know. What matters is who you know. I want to challenge you. Work towards the ability to describe the gift. Because if you can, it means that you know him. And maybe you're a lot like Philip today. Maybe you're like, just man, show me the Father. And you're zealous, but you just don't know how yet. Then I want to encourage you to continue to dig. Continue to pray. Come out to Bible study. Find some people that you can find fellowship with. As iron sharpens iron, let's grow together. And let's get to the place where the Holy Spirit is something far more to us than the product description on the shelf. But he is the very spirit of truth that lives with us and lives in us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.